Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. Faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, The Woman in the Picture. The Green Hornet strikes again. Again this fall, the people of the United States are being asked to support the National War Fund to the limit of their ability. $250 million must be raised to meet the increasing needs of 22 major war relief and service organizations and the home front agencies of their local community chests. Every dollar contributed to the National War Fund does a three-way job, helping our fighting men, our allies, and our neighbors on the home front. Even after victory in Europe, there will still be urgent need for the services provided by National War Fund agencies. Give generously and give today. And now, the Green Hornet. evening far out from the center of the city, where a young woman stood in the shadows of a drive, her eyes staring fixedly toward the mansion set well back from the street, the home of old John Kingsley, steel industrialist. As she watched, car lights suddenly showed far back in the drive, moving swiftly toward the street. Hey, what's the idea? You want to be killed? Why didn't you sound your horn? Oh, I'm very sorry. There's never anyone passing the drive at night. Well, you stepped out of nowhere. And there's so much shrubbery, I didn't notice the drive. We were both careless. Well, there might have been an accident. Well, there wasn't. <laughs> were you... Are you looking for somebody? Perhaps I could help you. Well, I came out in a taxi. I was looking for some old friends. I realized that I came to the wrong suburb. Well, that's too bad. It isn't safe out here at night. The houses are far apart and the wooded ravines... <laughs> You'd better let me drive you home. Oh, thank you, but I... <laughs> no, don't be afraid. <laughs> I'm Phil Kingsley. 
If it's any recommendation, I've lived here all my life. Oh, in that beautiful place? Well, the house? Mm-hmm. It's big, at least. Too big for Uncle John and myself. But Miss... Uh, Miss... Dorn. Elsa Dorn. Oh, uh, Miss Dorn. This is going into a conversation. <laughs> you might as well let me drive you home. Well, if you insist. <laughs> It's a transient hotel. You from out of town? Uh, yes. It's half an hour's ride to town. Is that too far? No, indeed. I'm very lucky that something pleasant like this turned up. I left the house in a very bad mood. Thought I'd ride around and get over it. What caused your bad mood? Just another quarrel with my uncle. Oh, who won? <laughs> uncle John. <laughs> he always wins. He stops talking, so he wins. <laughs> Simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. A good idea. I usually have the last word, though. I go off and write him a letter. I wrote one tonight. Perhaps I won't give it to him. That proves the bad mood's all gone, doesn't it? Yes. Well, we're all on edge these days with war contracts and a lot of complications. But Uncle John's the chief. I haven't much to say except when we're at home. Well, why should I inflict business worries on... Charming company. <laughs> yeah. Like some music? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's dancing. Isn't it? You, uh, you seen much of the city? I mean, the night spots. No. Well, would you, uh, would you be interested? No, I might. Let's make it an evening. What do you say? Oh. What can I say? I'd love to. Okay, here we go. Phil Kingsley was well on his way home that night when he missed the letter. Returning downtown, he called at the various night spots he had visited with Elsa Dorn. His inquiries brought nothing to light until a hat check girl told him. Sure, I remember you, mister. I remember that gray top coat. But I didn't see any letter. I remember the young lady, too. She looked like a movie star. Gee, was she chic. She came out to go into the powder room and she... Yes? Now, look. I don't want to get in any trouble. No, you won't. Well, she asked for your coat. She said a vanity case was in the pocket. So I let her take the coat and she took out the vanity. Out of my pocket? Yes, sir. Did she take anything else? Oh, not that I saw. But I was busy. Oh, thank you. Here, here for your trouble. Gee, a sin. Oh, thanks, mister. Hotel Ambassador, uh, please ring Miss Dorn, Miss Elsa Dorn. Not registered. Oh, no, there's some mistake. She was there up to midnight. Uh, give me the room clerk, please. Room clerk, I want to speak to Miss Elsa Dorn. She checked out shortly after midnight. Did she leave an address? No address. Well, thank you. 
be checked out in a hurry. The vanity case in my coat pocket. He must have taken that letter. I've got to get it back. I'll wait a few days. Maybe she'll get in touch with me. You shouldn't have come here. I had to come. Well, then you should have phoned. Well, did you meet Phil Kingsley? Yes, I met him. Just the way you planned. What happened? Well, he talked a lot. Told me about his uncle. John Kingsley, the millionaire. He said they quarreled about the business. We've had that information. But get this. When they quarreled, his uncle suddenly quit, and they finished it off by a letter. Well, what happened? Well, he took me around. We had supper at a nightclub and saw a couple of floor shows. And then... At midnight, he drove me to the hotel and said goodbye. When do you see him again? I don't. Said goodbye. Oh, a cigarette? No. Well. Oh, for heaven's sakes, come on. Finish the story, will you? Take it easy. Said goodbye. Wished me good luck. And that was all. And you failed. You're not clever. You said something that put him on guard. Now think. What was it? Nothing. Be reasonable, Lato. Let me finish. Something more? Yes. As soon as he left the hotel, I checked out and came here. I knew he'd missed the letter and come back. A letter? Yes. Here it is. I haven't opened it. You're not supposed to. Give it to me. I think it's one of those letters he writes after a quarrel. He said he wrote one tonight. Elsa, how did you get this? A hat check girl of the nightclub let me take his coat. He didn't see me take the letter. Can you use it? Use it? <laughs> That means it's good? It means I've got old John Kingsley for at least a hundred grand. Matter of a war fraud. That's enough for you to know. Go easy, Lato. You drove Hollis too far. He's dead. Killed himself. So he's dead, and if you're smart, let him stay dead. But the newspapers, I, I don't tangle with the Kingsley payoff. But you do. We can make this payoff double. You deal with a nephew, I'll handle the old man myself. <laughs> Bill Kingsley put in an anxious week. And finally, late one afternoon, as he was leaving his office, the phone rang. Bill Kingsley speaking. This is Elsa Dorn, remember? Yes, I remember. I, I want to see you. I thought you would. I was just leaving the office. Will you meet me? No, but I'll see you tonight. Where? What time? Ricky's Roadhouse. That's ten miles out on the state road. Be there at ten o'clock. Couldn't you meet me downtown for dinner? Don't kid yourself, Kingsley. This isn't a social date. <laughs> it's dealer's choice, and I hold the desk. Ricky's Roadhouse at 10 o'clock. I'll be there. Be sure you come alone. It's blackmail. following afternoon, Phil Kingsley called upon his old friend, Britt Reed, man about town and publisher of the Daily Sentinel. Phil Kingsley, how are you? Reed, something's come up. You look worried, Phil. Anything serious? Yes, it is. Well, let's go into my office. Miss Case, see that we're not interrupted. Yes, Mr. Reed. 
Where's Reed? I got to see Reed. Why is everyone dashing in like the town's afire? I tell you, I've got to see Reed. Well, he's busy. Well, who's with him? Phil Kingsley. That's just a friend. He wouldn't mind. I've got big news. Orders are orders, Axford. Maybe he won't be long. Oh, oh. Hey, what's that you're reading, Casey? Latow scandal sheet? <laughs> it's full of society gossip. Well, you'd better not let Reed catch you reading that poison pen blackmail and rag. Why not? He reads it. I got this copy from his desk. Well, he's got reason for reading it. Ever since the Hollis case. That poison sheet printed hints of scandal that helped chase the poor fellow to his doom. That it did. Here's an item Mr. Reed marked. Shame on you, Casey. Shame on you. That's snooping. Uh, what's it about? <laughs> Miss Case. Uh, Reed, I got news for you. I'm busy, expert. Miss Case, did you see that copy of Lighthouse Candle Sheet? Uh-oh. Here it is. Thanks. Stay around, expert. We sure, Bob. Here it is, Phil. Listen to this. One of the biggest scandals of our time is getting a temporary hush-hush. But if the story breaks, a prominent head in the steel industry will roll. That's it. I got a copy of the thing in today's mail. That item was marked. Obviously, this fellow Lato knows Elsa Dorn. Now, what about him? Well, Lato came here from the coast. He was suspected in a number of rackets out there, but always kept clear of the law. But uh, go on with your story. You say you met the woman at the roadhouse last night. She demands 25000 for the letter. I'm not to get it back until a week after I paid the money. I'm willing to pay for the letter, but not for a mere promise of getting it. Would you actually pay blackmail? Reed... Uncle John was influenced and he made a mistake. The letter recalls that mistake. Was the mistake, as you call it, ever made right? Oh, all the way. Even so, if it came to light now... It... No, but I can't let that happen. I wrote the letter. I'll pay to get it back. Your story resembles the Hollis case, what I could learn of it. Phil, you're up against the same setup that finished Hollis. We must trail the woman to find the man she's working with. If it leads to Lato, we'll know how to act. When do you see her again? Tonight at Ricky's Roadhouse. But I don't want the police. No. I'll send one of our reporters. Axford. Yeah, Reed? Will you step in a moment? Sure, Reed. Phil, you give him the details. I'll be here at the office tonight. Get in touch with me here. What danger does Phil Kingsley face in keeping his appointment with Elsa Dorn? Will the blundering Michael Axford be an asset or a liability to him? We'll continue our story in just a moment. Have you noticed how some people think they have to ask soldiers and sailors a lot of questions just to be polite? Where they're stationed, what they're training for, how soon they expect to go overseas? Well, the next time you hear this polite talk, try to stop it by changing the subject. The smallest bit of war information, no matter how harmless it seems, may be of value to the enemy. Pieced in with other things already known, it may well reveal ship sailings and attack plans and lead to sudden death for thousands of American fighting men. Here's a safe rule to follow. If you haven't heard it on the radio or seen it in print, don't talk about anything military. Remember, careless talk costs lives. And now... Back to our story. Well, 
Britt Reed finished his work at the office that night and was waiting for the call from Axford. As hours passed, his anxiety mounted. It was close to midnight when... Hello, Axford. Reed, this is Phil. Where's Axford? Oh, hasn't he called you? No. Oh, he was out there. He trailed us back to town. The woman took a taxi. The last I saw of Axford, he was still on the trail. How long ago? Oh, a couple of hours. But Reed... Well, something I... happened to Axford. But Reed, Uncle John's gone. Gone? He left a note. I just got home and I found it. Here it is. I have gone to pay blackmail to a viper. If I am not home by 10.30, come and look for me. Do not call the police. The address is 700 South River Road. Reed, did you get that? Yes. It'll take me half an hour to drive downtown. And we better call the police. I'll call them and check on Axford. And Phil, the missing letter. What was it like? Uh, a long gray envelope with a silver crest. Now, now, don't worry. The police and Axford will clean up everything. Goodbye. Bye. 700 South River. A lot of unsolved murders down that way. And Axford. If Axford followed the woman, fell into a trap, this is a job for the Green Hornet. Leaving the Sentinel building, Britt Reed hurried to his apartment, where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet, was waiting. Mr. Britt. You all right? We're going out, Cato, and we must hurry. We take Black Beauty, Gascon, and masks? Take everything tonight. Some friend in danger, perhaps? Axford, and another man, John Kingsley. I don't know what we're running into. Nothing too difficult for Green Hornet. If we're not too late. And, Cato, watch out for a letter. A long gray envelope with a silver crest. Is everything ready? Long gray envelope, silver crest. All ready, Mr. Britt. Let's go. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom... Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. Arriving at the old house on South River Road... Britt Reed left Cato on guard and made his way across the yard. The house was in total darkness. Edging around to the front, he went up the steps. Using his skeleton key, he opened the door and stepped into the yawning blackness of the hall. From there, he heard muffled cries which seemed to come from a room on the right. Where's the light switch? There. Axford is in that closet. But where's John Kingsley? Where are the others? There's a safe. It's been emptied. Looks as though they left in a hurry. Left in a hurry. I can't let him out. He'd know me in spite of my green hornet mask. What did he say about murder? Let me out of here. 
Here's a phone. I'll call the police. He'll be all right until they get here. But first, I'd better search the house. Car, just leave from side of house. Hurry. Police, police. 700 South River Road. Hurry. Which way, Kato? They turn south. Come on, I'll take the wheel. That's the house, Sarge. Yep. <clears throat> Easy now. There's been plenty of accidents to the force down here. The front door's wide open. That's a funny thing. And that light in the room to the right. I don't like it. Uh, it looks too inviting. It might easily be a trap. Hey, I hear something. Somebody's yelling for help. Come on. In that closet. Break the door. You got here in the nick of time. Asper. Lover, Mike, what are you doing here? Well, you see, you see, I, I was trailing a woman. <laughs> oh, the back of me hand to you, Sarge. It was all part of me job. <laughs> oh, behave now, or you don't hear the last of me tale. I got into the house and was making me way along a dark hall when I was grabbed and struck from behind. And when I got me senses back, I was behind a locked door. You don't say. A man and a woman had an old fellow in here, and they were striking him time and again, trying to make him sign some checks. He said he'd paid them $50,000, and he'd not pay them another cent. Then he said his nephew would be here any minute. And at that, they yelled, you double-crossing so-and-so, you left word where he could find you. And then they whammed him one that knocked the breath clean out of him, and the woman yelled, you've killed him. You don't say. You don't say. Uh, then they said they'd get all the letters and stuff out of the safe, because they'd have to blow. So at last they left, dragging the body across the floor. Who called the police? Oh, well, that must have been some cahoot that was prowling around. Well, here's the phone. He left it off the hook. I'll call in, then we'll start looking for the body. If there is a body. Operator, give me police headquarters. Oh, help me, it's all true. Not a drop did I drink this night. Hello? Inspector? Sergeant Burke speaking. That call to 700 South River. Yeah, we found Axford of the Sentinel locked up, and he says... What's that, Inspector? You don't say. The Green Hornet car chasing another car like crazy all over the section? Sure, we'll try to head them off. Outside, men. Coming along, Axford. The Green Hornet. Maybe this is me big chance. Hey, look at that. There they go. Come on. Why they turn so many corners, Mr. Britton? Trying to lose this, Kato. It's a crazy thing to do. They'll attract the police. We passed squad car back at Old House. You see it? I saw it. That means Axford's safe, but they'll be after us. They're not far behind. Look, other car turning again. They're heading out on the highway. Good. Now we catch them easy. That's right. Nothing can beat the Black Beauty on the open road. Hear anything, Kato? Sounds like a siren. Heard it again. Look back, Kato. See them? See nothing. Thank you. 
Brace yourself, Kato. One more spurt and I'll make it alongside. I'll have to force them off the road. They're trying for our tires. Look, other car turning off highway. That pavement ends 100 yards in. If they hit the dirt at that speed, there they go. Oh, they bounce. One, two, they plunge. I'll get the man. Yeah. It's Lato. Put them under the trees. Come on back to the car. There's someone in the back. Hold the door. I'll get him out. It's John Kingsley. He's gagged, bound hand and foot. He's dead? I don't know. I'll get him away from the fire. Under this tree. Look. I find something. A briefcase. I wonder if... Look out. Give me that briefcase. The Green Hornet. So you were oh. unconscious, Lato. No man in a mask can put it over me. No. Why, you... Up for more. Here, take this. No, gas. No, you can't do that. Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> Look out. Woman, she have gun. Oh. <coughs> I got it. You too? Gas. No, you wouldn't dare. I'm a lady. You'd be surprised. Take it. <laughs> Look, briefcase full of money. Here, letter. Gray envelope, silver crest. The blackmail money and the letter. Cut Kingsley's bonds. Take out the gag. Put the right. briefcase beside him. I'll uh. take the letter and destroy it. Quick, Kato, we're getting out. Glory, P. They're not in the fire at all. There they are, all scattered around under the trees. There's a man. Here's a woman. Oh, she's the one I was trailing. And I've seen the man before. That you have. It's Latow. He runs a scandal paper. And will you look? That mark on their forehead, the seal of the Green Hornet. It's a sure sign they've been gassed. So it was the Green Hornet we were chasing, all right. Hey, here's a body under this tree. Change preservers. Another one? That's the body they were dragging around the old house. That it is. I am John Kingsley, and I'm not a body. Not yet. John, John Kingsley. Kingsley? He's alive, that he is. As to the mistreatment I received, you're correct. Furthermore, they were planning to throw me into the river, dead or alive. Are you all right now? I can answer that when I'm on my feet. Well, shall I help you up, sir? If you hold this briefcase, I'll help myself up. Be careful of that. There's $50,000 in that case. And I intend to spend every cent of it to prosecute those two fiends. You'll be saved the trouble, Mr. Kingsley. This was a clear case of kidnapping, and the law will take its course. Well, I, I'm up. Now, I'll take the briefcase, please. I hear it is, sir. But how you connive to hold on to the money bag through all the trials of this night, including the Green Hornet himself? Hey, what was that? The Green Hornet. The slippery robe was back there all the time. Ah, well, let him go. We'll get him the next time. That we will. $50,000, and the Green Hornet didn't get it. Wait till I tell Reed what happened this night.
In 1941, the Nazis thought they had just about won their war, and they developed a fine plan for the reconversion of their war industry. We all know how far off base the Germans were caught, and the lesson to us is clear. None of us should forget for a single moment that until we win major battles on German and Japanese soil, the hardest battle hasn't even begun, much less been won. It is true that we have passed the too little and too late phase of the war, but it's up to us to keep our production schedules rolling so that in every battle that is to come, there's equipment enough and on time. Our fighting men deserve the all-out support of every single American at home. Your production today may help bring these men home safe tomorrow. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet over this station at the same time next week. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Henry Stambaugh speaking. This is the Blue Network.